Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Tonight I'm talking with Octavian Graves, the host of Strange Dominions podcast. He had a question for me and I was like, you know, there's probably other people who have this question. So let's just make an episode out of it. So here you go. Ask away, sir. Okay. So my question was pretty basic. Um, how you know we we've all heard about the dangers and perils of uh, interacting with the Fey and and working with the Fey, but there is there are people who do work with them effectively and safely. What are some effective ways and safe ways of interacting with the Fey and gaining direct communion with the Fey? Okay, I'm gonna. This is a multi-part answer. And the first thing I'm going to answer that question with is another question because I have questions. <laughs> but why do you why do you wish to contact the Fae? What what is your purpose? Always have that in mind. My purpose is to have basically direct communion with a spiritual entity of any kind. Because, you know, in my quest for, you know, doing ceremonial magic, it I'm nowhere closer to doing that now than I was a year ago. Uh, it's expensive. I have no place to do it. Mm. And it's just a massive hassle. It is a goal of mine that I hope to someday accomplish, but it is not any time in the future that that's going to happen. Um, I do a lot of offerings and you know, meditations and things like that. Everything that what the books tell you to do. And in time, right. you will gain some kind of, of communion with something. And I have been doing this for mm -hmm. a year and it feels like I'm being ignored. And I've heard that the Fae, as dangerous as they are, are very accessible. They're very, they're like right here. They're very close to us and they're easier to communicate with than many other forms of spirits. So that was why. And, be, and and honestly, like within my cosmology, Fey and nature spirits are something more that I would want to work with on a regular basis than the goetic spirits and things like that. Like I have no thing against those yeah. and I do want to work with those at some point, but just within my worldview, those kind of spirits are what I identify with or would like to work with the most. All right. That's fair. Um, one thing I'm going to say that might sound a little bit weird is goetic spirits are probably safer, honestly, okay. um, because they have specific rules and they have very specific rituals. Yes, they do. That you follow and they can be compelled by these rituals by a powerful enough practitioner mm -hmm. absolutely you cannot compel a fairy don't even try that's like so my my that's the first part and the second part of my answer is this there's no real safe way to deal with the fae but there are safer ways than others um there's there's a lot of really crap folklore out about the fae and um, it's funny, we're, we've been, you know, scheduled for this for a week or so, yeah. two weeks. And uh, 
I woke up this morning from a dream about uh, being underground and there's water and there's drumming and there's singing and then I hear a voice say, you're home, this is your home, you can come back whenever you want. And then I see on Facebook, Cat uh, Heath had written about uh, how good it was for her to go home to where she was born and and even it was a small small journey small 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 span of time it was you know just a quick holiday visit it really got her back in touch with her roots and i was like okay there's a synchronicity the boom and then later in the day like an hour later not even <laughs> like a couple hours an hour later morgan and cat morgan daimler and cat and a bunch of people that follow Morgan, mostly pagans, neo-pagans, witches, um, some scholars, were talking about how people conceive of the Fae as a safe uh, kind of spirit to engage with. And I was like, this is just... Uh, interesting that all of this is happening today and you listened to cat's episode yes i did and so so cat is hanging over us i think she is um and she so what i what i basically would suggest is that there are spirits that are safer um, I know people talk about the goetic spirits as they're demons, but they're not they're not spooky demons no. in the way that that we think of demons. I mean they're the way that I've been describing it since I since I really started researching it and learning about it and the way I talk about it on the show is that instead of using the word demon, a chthonic spirit is a much more apt term. Right. They are not this they're a lot more morally ambiguous than people want to believe. And yes. when you put demon on their on their title, then that immediately denotes a, a, a moral a, a moral connotation that they don't actually have. Mm -hmm. So that's why yes. chthonic spirit or sublunar spirit is a much more accurate term for them. I and I think that that's correct. I think the the use of demon probably adds an energy to them that isn't native to them. So that that's one thing, um, and uh, but truly, I do think that that they are safer because they can be bound by humans. They can be bound by human words and deeds. Can't do it with the fae. Can't do it with the elves. They just have none of that. Not gonna, not play in that game. But there are people who work with the elves. Which is the Germanic term, yeah, in the Old Norse term, for what the Irish would call the she or the fairies, and uh, they are really similar to each other. Similar enough that you could say they're the same. I wouldn't say that they're the same, but they're similar. Um, and they. They do have a separate existence from humans. Uh, they have their own businesses they they get into, their own things they do. Um, 
the ones that, you know, you want to converse with, you have to also remember that nature spirits and fairies are not necessarily the, the same right, yeah. thing. No, I understood that. So so the the nature spirits, the whole idea that fairies are these little diminutive little devas that hang out with the flowers and make them grow and all that business came about because of theosophy, which is another topic we got onto today. Um, so that's that that's a whole other thing. So let's look at the the ones that we call the she or or the elves. Um, the elves really are what Tolkien based his elves on, although he doesn't really, I mean, they're otherworldly and all of that, but, you know, they don't seem too terribly scary, uh, certainly not in the movies, until, you know, the, the king of the wood elves, you know, shows up and is, yeah, he's, he's pretty scary. Yeah, he, absolutely. He, he got that right, you know, that they did that right. And, uh, well, Galadri's, Galadriel is a little scary with her kind of, my mind is floating off everywhere while I'm still talking to yeah, you and I'm that, looking through your soul. Yeah, that one scene always around. messed with me as a kid. She yeah. She gets angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she, so it is portrayed that way, but I really think that there is so much opposite um uh imagery in popular culture that people will get this kind of odd oh well i can i can i can you know hang out with the fairies and it's like oh no no please don't do that um you know don't do that if you see a beautiful white horse come prancing out of the forest please don't just go and get on it it's that's going to end very badly. Mm -hmm. uh, so it helps to know the kinds of books you can look at and get a more accurate portrayal. So the old books that I would say you should at least look into, if not read all the way, is Robert Kirk's The Secret Commonwealth. Yeah. That was written in the 17th century. I've been trying to find a, 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 um, an affordable copy of that because yeah. him and the, the woman, I don't remember her name, but she's a very famous folklorist who wrote many, many books on the Fae. Catherine Briggs. Yes. Incredibly They're expensive. They're both expensive. Yeah. Yes. They are both hideously expensive. Sometimes you can uh, get a, a you know good deal at a used bookstore or even at a, you know, just start scouring library cast-off sales and stuff. Because those are those two you can find in places like libraries. What I started with, like what really kind of started brewing this in my mind was both, um, uh, God, I cannot remember exactly how you pronounce his name, Kendelson or Kvendelson, Earth Whites and, and Elves and mm -hmm. Trolls. I got a reprint of that book. And I got a bunch of books uh, from Robin Artisan, and I'm actually taking his class that he's uh, right. doing. And he, you know, and Carolyn is all about the fairy faith. And so that's right. what really started getting me on this track of like, you know, 
summoning goetic demons or goetic spirits is not an easy task and it's not one that i'm any close to no. doing but this stuff seems, seems no. a little bit more accessible a little cheaper a little a little more oh, rural certainly cheaper yeah <laughs> yeah those 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 damn goetic guys i gotta have all the yeah the walls through through froth yeah yeah all that crap that's no fun the 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 cunning men and women of old had none of that nonsense they didn't have time or energy for it and they certainly didn't have money for right, it yeah uh so i would suggest the books of Catherine briggs so the encyclopedia of fairies um robert kirk i mean you can take them out of a library and and you know read them yeah. yeah and 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 get the feel of it or you can take them out of the library and then go you know yeah that thing that we can do mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm not technique. saying you should yeah yeah the the copy send it to your monks to have yeah, it copied <laughs> um actually my first copy of the Secret Commonwealth was sent to the monks to copy. That's a book that I feel like, uh, I, I guarantee, I feel like my grandmother has a copy of it. Well, there you she go. She has like 3,000 books. <laughs> I have a feeling that she has a copy of something to that degree, at least. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, um, uh, what is it? The Evans Wentz book, The Fairy Faith. Yeah. Um, that one is, is, is quite good. Um, again, these are... I mean, I like the Kirk book because he's really very, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And he was a practitioner himself. Okay. So I didn't as know well that. as being a minister. Okay. Um, so he he could he did the work of essentially being a cunning man. So he knew the the ways. Um you just have to get around that whole seventeenth century right, yeah. dialect. But there are some some decent um, uh, translations of it, and seventeenth century isn't like you know reading fifteenth or sixteenth century. I mean, I've, been, I English, have read so is, many grimoires, and I've become so accustomed to that language. You should be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His occasionally he'll lapse into Scottish Gaelic or Scottish dialect, and you'll be like, mm-hmm. but you can usually you know look it up and get it. We have. We have the internet now, and it, it helps. I have my, uh, um, my DNA test from Ancestry coming in, hopefully soon. And the reason I did that, like, I know the majority of my ancestry is Jewish, so it's going to come from the, the Slavic countries. But I have mm-hmm. another part that's on my grandmother's side that's Manx. And I wanted to see how much was Manx and then dig mm-hmm. into the folklore and, and the Manx-specific right. practices. Mm-hmm. Because that really calls to me in a big way. Cool. All right. Um, so you're you're on a good path with Robin. Mm-hmm. You're in good hands. Very very good hands. Um, I've uh, communicated with him back and forth. He doesn't know my name because I was using a pseudonym at the time. So mm-hmm. have you thought about having him on the um, show? Uh, yeah. Pr- I I've probably this year. Okay. I figure. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's he's a good guy. He he knows his things. Um, so a little bit more accessible of a book in price and um, availability is Morgan Daimler's A New Dictionary 
of Fairy. Okay. I think that's in my Amazon wish list. I'm not sure, but I think it is. One of her books it, is. It's a good one. It's a good one. And uh, it's it's very similar to the Briggs book. More up to date with more of the the stuff that modern people are going to maybe run across. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good, a really good resource. Um, now the, uh, three books from three authors, I would suggest for learning safer ways to deal with the Fae is Cat Heath's Elves, Witches, and Gods. Just showed up in my mailbox. Yep. It's a great, great book. Um, Fairy, A Guide to the Lore, Magic, and World of the Good Folk by John T. Cruz. That's with a K. Okay. And it's Cruz with no I. Everything else is Cruz. Okay. Uh, um, and then Morgan Daimler's Fairy Craft, Following the Path of Fairy Witchcraft. Okay. And, you know, they really give you the easiest way to learn the quick and dirty methods of dealing with the Fae. Um, do you have any inkling of having ever had any sort of contact so in this is, physical realm or spirit realm with the Fae at all? This is the problem, right? When I really got into the actual practice of this, because I've been a researcher my entire life, but it wasn't right. until 2020 when I really started like sitting down and trying to figure out how I was actually going to do this. I kept looking for ways of contact, and the first thing I found was a ceremonial system because it's very like direct contact. And then I find... Um, Jason Miller had put out this book, uh, Consorting with Spirits. And it gives yes. you yes. A, uh, a, a little ritual for making offerings to nature spirits mm-hmm. and anything in the woods. And it and it includes in the invocation your you know, your 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 deity that you work with. So for me that'd be Hakate and your ancestors and things like that. Um and so I started going out once a week, every week, with a bagel incense and rum or whiskey setting it down in a tree mm-hmm. saying the invocation and saying listen i would really like to contact you so if you would like you can contact me here you can contact me in dream i gave them like four or five different methods if they wanted to work mm-hmm. and i did this for months mm-hmm. nothing absolutely nothing and i was getting real frustrated so i stopped for a while i try i would do it every once in a while um but nothing, no discernible contact that I could think of. I've had weird dreams, but they weren't, I didn't feel that there, and there was any kind of information being passed along. Because mm-hmm. I would ask, like, listen, like, I would like to know what you want. What would you like? And I never felt like I was getting that. There was one time mm-hmm. back in like September where I read out the invocation from Jason Miller along with the, um, Orphic hymn for nymphs. Mm-hmm. And the, I felt like it got really windy when there wasn't a lot of wind. 
I felt like mm-hmm. the trees were blowing and things like that. But again, there wasn't any, nothing followed me home, nothing. And a lot of people were thinking like, well, that's good. I'm like, I know it is, but at the same time, I'm so hungry for that contact that I'm almost willing to have a little bit of danger just because like that would really put a lot of what I've been learning to the test, honestly. Okay. So have you ever talked to Jerem uh, to um, Timothy Renner, not the dude in the hospital, Jeremy Renner, but yeah, I mean, not talked <laughs> but, to Tim but the, the Bigfoot wizard, have you spoken with him about this sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. And did he say anything about wanting too hard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured that was what he said. Yeah. But see um, and that too, like I, I like, I understand the lust for a result thing, but how do you pretend not to want something? That's the thing that always confuses me is how do you pretend to not want something? I don't know how to put this out of my head. I think, let's see, do you, do you sing, play music? I play guitar. You're a guitarist, aren't you? Yeah. Have you ever tried Going out and just playing music. Just don't, don't, don't ask nothing. Don't just, just play music. No. I've contemplated it, but I've never done it. Well, stop contemplating and actually do it. Okay. Because here you go. Here's, here's the thing. One, they like musicians. Two, they, they have this perverse nature where the more you want to ch- want them and you chase after them, the more likely they are to just sort of dance right outside of your reach. Okay. So, and you asked what they wanted. And that, that's a very open question. You know, they could give any number of answers, but their favorite one is to say nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is a very open answer, because it could be nothing or everything. You always have to be ready for that. Um, I'm not saying they're liars. They actually do speak the truth very, very frequently, but it's worded very cleverly. So you have to be on your toes. But they do favor musicians. Okay. So go outside winter's probably kind of a crappy time to do it but it's warm enough yeah, this it's winter been like 60 degrees in maryland yeah so yeah same here um so go outside find a place in the woods to sit don't cast a circle don't make an offering because your music is the offering okay and play something that you like yourself okay yeah I can do, that. do not do not go, what would they like, and then play it. I'm not going to play any Irish play, jigs. Play the music that makes you happy, the music that feels like it comes from your heart, and keep doing that. Don't just do it once and then wander off. Keep doing that. You are going to be more likely to draw them in with music than you are with chasing after them. Um, did you ever have the offerings do anything weird after you left them? Did you go back and check on them? 
They, so find anything up a tree or the one place that I was doing it for a while, it felt dead. Like it just, the, like it didn't feel like anything. So I went to another place that was more secluded and I did like two or three offerings there. And then the most recent time when I came back, it's kind of hard to explain uh, next to the tree. There's like almost like a cave underneath the ground. And there's a, there's basically like the the dirt creates a Y next to the tree and there's a space. I'm assuming a person did this. I can't imagine a person didn't do this, but there's just now a like a, a ladder made out of twigs next to where I do my offerings. And you said nothing happened. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take it though. What does that mean? This is the this is where the contact where the direct contact would come in handy because then I could understand what it is that they're trying to say with that if that is them. A Y shows a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. So there are two paths you can go by. The great wisdom of Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. you know, will help you. You're a guitarist, you know that yeah, song. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you have to. It's contractually obligated mm-hmm. as a guitarist. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the things it can denote. It could also denote yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a ladder is interesting. It looks you know, like, ladders... uh, like a thatched roof. If you were underneath, if you were underneath the tree, then it would look like if you looked up, it would look like a thatched roof. Mm-hmm. And it was never there okay. before. Okay. So I think you should go there and play music. Okay. Um, and maybe a kid made it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, it could have also been made by people hands that were not human people hands. Because that's the thing about the Fae. They are people people. Mm-hmm. Like we are. Except they are not corporeal all the time. Right. And they can go back and forth. But, you know, one of the places they're said to live is under the ground. And you've got a, a hole and a, and a ladder. That's, I mean, the Y could be a, a welcome mat. When I say, I, I'd have to take a picture of it and to really accurately describe it to you. Um, but the tree ha- is like, it's not rotted out, but like... It's impossible to describe. It's very difficult because it's uh, it's not like anything I've seen before. Basically, the tree is on a ledge and the ledge is mm-hmm. caving in. Mm-hmm. And it's just there. And it, there's spaces in between these kind of like, out, you know, outgrowths of, of land. Does that make sense? Right. And so there is now yeah. a bridge over two pieces of land. Next mm-hmm. to where I do my offerings. Okay, so it's a bridge between two pieces of land. Mm-hmm. And I realize the liminality that. of all of this. I, I it's Yes, think about that. What are the two pieces of land representing then? I suppose me and them. Your land and their land. Mm-hmm. So the... the so... 
there's a there's there's a bridge. They're not saying no. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think maybe as Tim says, try not to want it so hard. Mm. They're perverse little they they just are. <laughs> They're very perverse. And some of them aren't little, but they they do they do like to play with people. Yeah. And people's emotions. What do you give as offerings? So it's bagel and whiskey or rum. Bagel? Southern, uh, not Southern Comfort. Um, oh, God, why am I forgetting the, the whiskey? It's the same whiskey every single time. Um, anyway, it's a it's like a mid-grade whiskey. It's not too right. expensive, but it's certainly not too cheap. And right. like right. frankincense, resin, incense. Okay. Yeah, see, all of that is acceptable. One of their favorite food offerings for the, the Fae themselves is milk cream yeah butter. i was thinking about leaving out some cream but the thing is like the fey aren't even for it's not until recently that i had them as a specific target it was more of mm-hmm. whatever's in the woods that wants to work with me this is for you right. it wasn't until a few weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago when i really started getting like really frustrated i'm like okay well who who is most likely to want to work with me? Who's most likely to answer? Yeah. Well, it sounds like you did get an answer and it wasn't as forthright as you wanted it to be, but I think you actually saw it was an answer. You just either I have a lot of self doubt. And I think okay. the problem with that is, and this is one thing that I re- really regret is because I didn't get into this as a teenager I don't have that. I I have too much of like an adult logical side. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm trying really yeah. hard to 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 push that back a little bit where it needs to be pushed back, but it is difficult. Right. Yeah, it is. Um. Let's see. No, I th- I think you're you're going in a decent direction. Now, what of the the rules of the good folk do you know? Don't say thank you. Do you know how to express don't that without clothes. saying it? Hmm? Yeah, don't give clothes. That's always a yeah. But no, I, I've uh, always wondered that. How do you express? Okay, all right. So the thank you thing is a thing that puzzles people and Morgan doesn't have the answer about it um, but she has a answer and it's a pretty good answer and I, I think it's probably close to to what what it is she says speaking of things to avoid as strange as this sounds to most people you should try never to say thank you to any being of fairy Although you must always remember to show proper gratitude. Again, they they like things and dislike things at the same time, kind of. Mm-hmm. There are several ideas behind why you shouldn't say thank you, and I suspect there's no one correct answer. Rather, I think that different otherworldly beings may have a problem with it for different reasons. One theory is that saying thank you is dismissive, 
and it implies that you feel superior to the spirit. Which, with fairies, you should just not even do that. Mm. That's a that's a bad idea. Another says that saying thank you acknowledges a debt between you and the fairy, and it's never wise to be in debt to the fairy, oh, yeah. especially when the debt is an open ended one. Remember that open ended thing yeah. we just had a little talk. Yeah, you always have to be careful how you word things. And if you're, you know, have any question about how to word things, you know, sit and write it down a few times and look at it. You kind of have to be a rules lawyer with it, with okay. this. You yeah. Know. Like, like, like that annoying guy who plays D&D with yeah. you and has everything memorized and you just want to smack mm. him. Yeah, that guy. Um, let's see. Whether saying thank you offends them because it is dismissive or it is dangerous because it puts you in their debt, you should not try to do it. Instead, pay back any help, blessings, or gifts with gifts. I carry around a small pouch full of little items for this purpose. You can also offer any food or drink you have with you as a thank you gift. Fairies abhor people who are greedy or stingy, so it is important to show proper gratitude to them. Instead of saying thank you, you may choose to say, I appreciate your gift mm -hmm. or your time or whatever, or I am grateful for to express the same sentiment. I always say I am grateful. Okay. And that makes sense. I've taught, yeah, I've taught both of my kids to do that. That's, that's just, it's sort of ingrained into us at this point. Um, and I just thought, you know, they, they don't like it when humans are greedy. They may see that desire to, to see them and, and feel them and communicate with them as a sort of greed. Yeah, and I thought about this. And they might run away from that. Mm -hmm. Laughing, probably, because it's always a fun thing to pull a human's tail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a great thing. That's why I said play music that you really like, that you really love. Don't worry about your audience. Yeah. Your audience isn't there. Sort of sit there, become one with the ground and the tree, and just play your feelings. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely do that. And, you know, as I've been doing research, I was thinking, like, hmm, maybe I should be, like, leaving beer out for the brownies. Maybe that'll be an interesting thing. And I could always use help around the house. But then I was thinking like, okay, well, I have six cats. I can't just leave yeah, don't do that. beer out. <laughs> then I was like, okay, well, no. I have six cats. Does that interfere? Like we know what cats represent to, to spirits and the interaction that they have. And I'm thinking, okay, is that a deterrent? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Barbara has cats. There's no way. I no no. The, I had a cat in the falling down the hill house back in the nineties, mm. who used to chase invisible things all the time. We thought she was crazy, until one night I got up and the house was full of little lights floating through the air, and she was interacting with them and chasing them around and batting at them, and they were just bouncing out of her way. Mm. They were playing. She'd been playing with them all along. Um, and they liked her. Now, my older cat, my actual familiar, was she didn't like them at all. Mm. Um, and she'd grump at them, but I don't think they cared. 
Um, but if she was in the room, they wouldn't go into that room. See, she kind of kept a boundary. Okay. Um, but generally, cats aren't going to stop them okay. well, from good. much of anything. Um, they do tend to have a little bit of... Uh, an issue with dogs sometimes, but not always. Okay. Wonder how many dogs. Again, yeah. I mean, there's a story from. Do you know who who Stuart Farrar was? I know the name. Uh, Janet and Stuart Farrar. Um, they they uh, were very prominent early witches in the 1960s in England, and they're authors. And they uh, they eventually moved to. Um, Ireland and that's and and then Stuart was a good bit older than Janet and he died and and she's still in Ireland and doing you know her work and she said when they first moved there they had friends who had a small small dog who was blind and then they had two other dogs that weren't blind um they had a uh this friend had had another friend stay in the house, watch the dogs while the original friends were gone. And Janet said that they were walking the dogs out in the woods and the uh, three dogs were, you know, the, the two always stayed with the one that couldn't see to you know, kind of yeah, guide of that dog along. And it was a small dog. I think it was like a Italian greyhound or something. It was one of the little, you know, little dogs. And the woman said she felt something looking at her and she looked up and there was a woman stepping out of the woods wearing green. What else is she going to be wearing? And she had black hair and the woman said that she felt this strong feeling of uncanniness. She was like, I couldn't say what it was about her that didn't look quite right, but there was something that didn't look quite right. Okay. She wasn't close enough to get the detail, but she could still feel there was something odd about it. But the dogs got excited and started yipping and bouncing and ran straight for the woman at the woods, including the little dog. And the little dog was running behind the big dogs. I mean, he had been left, but he followed along like a shot and went straight to her and was bouncing around on his hind legs and putting his paws on, on her knee. And the the woman who witnessed this said that the woman bent down and smiled and said something to the dogs and the two bigger ones stopped jumping and she reached down and she put one, two fingers on the little dog's forehead and then said something. She, she couldn't understand what she said, but she said like one syllable and the three dogs both, all ran back to the person who had been walking them. Hmm. And then she saw the dogs. And so she was like, you know, leaning down and, 
And then she looked up and the woman was gone. Well, the little dog could see. And yeah, I, that is one of the most amazing stories I've heard of them. Although a very similar story is, is told by Ray Hernandez, who is, you know, doing stuff with UFO research and uh, he had a little dog that was about to die and, and then it was healed at some point by this bar of this this column of light. Mm-hmm. So it <laughs> so it's not like they hate dogs. They're, they like them just fine. No, animals aren't going to keep them away. Well, they, they might steal your animals. That's the other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're very bad for that. Um. Basically, you just have to not offend them. Mm-hmm. So the, the gratitude. I wouldn't even, and then that goes the same for like goetic spirits. I don't want to offend a, a chthonic spirit at all. Yeah, but you you know the ways you can offend them easily. Mm-hmm. With the Fae, they can be They're touchy, and so yeah. yeah, that's that's why it's it's kind of dangerous. Um. You know, the way that I got involved with them was was childhood. Right. So it's like breathing for me. Mm. Uh, And I suspect the same is is true for Morgan and Kat. Um, I'm I'm not speaking for them, but this is how I understand their understanding of the Fae. But it, it still doesn't mean we're safe from, you know, not doing something stupid. Mm hmm. And, like, I forgot to do uh, some gifting and offering for, like, two weeks after I'd had COVID. And uh, (laughs) I forgot. And then I fell down in the middle of walking down the street. Nobody on the crowded sidewalk seemed to have noticed that I fell. And I just, I fell flat on my face. No reason. Like, I didn't even feel something like grab me or brush mm-hmm. against my feet. Just bam, flat. Yeah. Like I was walking and then boom, I was not. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, you know, when I got up and, and I was bloody and scratched and nobody had like looked to even like acknowledge that I was even there. I'm like, Oh, what did I do? Oh, mm-hmm. oh. so of course, you know, I had to go home and, get the butter out and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, yeah, even if we, if we who've had relationships with them for a long time do something dumb, they'll still smack you. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, you don't want to attribute every bad thing that happens to them. Right, yeah. But you also don't want to ignore signs. And, And I think you kind of in your logical mind kind of ignored that, you know, ladder between the two yeah. little land masses. Yeah, I did. Have you ever been there? Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's okay. People, this is, I mean, this is, this is crazy talk here. Oh, know. You know, yeah. I mean, seriously, seriously, people are going to, you know, that's a thing that people just think of as crazy, but it's not. 
I need to go back. I think I'll go out tomorrow and do another one of those things. Um, and I guess uh, say I'm grateful for the sign, even though I don't know what it means. Just give them like, you know, acknowledge it and let them know that I know, or at least I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, That's I'll, a good start to, to reciprocity with them. I mm-hmm. think is that's good. Yeah. And it's, you know, Robin's like the, at least the biggest way that he communicates with all this stuff is through dreams. And that is a practice that Mm -hmm. goes back a long, long, long long time. Mm -hmm. And I have weird dreams. Like, I don't want to say like, I have really weird dreams, but one, I, I don't always remember them the way I should. And two, they, they're, they're so wild that it's impossible to discern any kind of meaning or, or message except for one time. And that was, it was interesting. I have dreams involving people, but they're very, mm-hmm. very specific people. And it's so far, it's mm-hmm. been two that show up the most. And then one that shows up more than not. Uh, so my old co-host and, and mentor, Luke, the ceremonial magician of 12 mm-hmm. years, he is in every single, almost every dream I have that's involving magic. Mm-hmm. And Tim Renner is in all my dreams involving Bigfoot and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So I had two dreams in one night, one with Tim and one with Luke. The one with Tim, I had he had me on a show to talk about because he thought it was really interesting. Basically, he and I are in what I perceive to be Gazoo's Woods, even though it did not look anything like Gazoo's Woods. It looked like a uh, the forest or a small cropping of trees in a golf course. Mm, okay. And there are like very definable Bigfoot just outside the, just inside the forest edge. And we're real close. Mm-hmm. And I'm not allowed to look at them. And he says, you're not allowed to look at them. Don't look at them. But Tim is drawing them. And I guess he's drawing them for me. I'm not sure. But at some point I look over and I see it and it's very mad. And then I immediately mm-hmm. go into another, uh, the next dream, which is Luke teaching me the Almadel system, which is you've created a wax table and with a crystal ball and you see angels through that. And the, the message of that, and he looked at me and said, you can't skip the preparations because if you, they will know and they will be very angry at you and they will, they will not mm-hmm. out well for you. And then I woke up. No, both of them had decent messages. Yeah. Useful advice, you Mm -hmm. know. Don't skimp on the preparation. Well, duh. And that's part of why ceremonialism is a pain in the the tuchus. Because, yeah, it's a whole bunch of stuff between you and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But it's that's how it works. Yeah. Um, And as for not looking at, at the... At the Bigfoot. Again, I think that's parsing what Tim always says is don't want too hard. I can see that. I, th- I think that's, it's a, it's a variant of that. Although, you know, looking uh, big monstery guys in the eyes might 
Well, I've always wondered you know, if upset them because I've had two dreams that one and like that one and another one of like a very definable Bigfoot in my dream. Mm hmm. And I wonder how much of that, because Tim and, and Josh make the analogy of them possibly being in the realm of the Fae, because that's a very broad term. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that is how I internalize it, if that is how I identify the Fae that could is be. with Bigfoot. The wild, yeah, the wild man, mm -hmm. the, the wilderness. Although, you know, the Fae aren't all wilderness wild and you know, and I mean, they're wild, yeah. but they 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 don't only exist in the wilderness. They exist where people are, well, yeah. especially the ones who interact with people for you know their own purposes. I mean, you know what happened the the first time me and Tim went to Kazoo's together when I showed him when I told him about um, what happened to me by myself, and then I took him out there, and we were followed all day by. Invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gazoo's Woods is an interesting case because, of course, you can see straight through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see from one end to the other. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a lot like the small patch of woods that, you know, uh, was at the Falling Down the Hill House property. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could see through it. It wasn't that deep, but people were getting lost in there yeah. and stuff. And it was, you know... Really, really strange. Um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that, you know, even a small space like that can seems to be able to hold and contain. I don't I don't know if it's a portal to the other world or if there there's just they're just very close together. Well, yeah, that's what I, I like that. I've always felt that when it comes to the other world, it's not necessarily a separate place. It's just an, a layer on top of mm -hmm. this, uh, on this canvas that we don't have mm -hmm. access to unless it's certain conditions, certain places, things like that. But it's not, you're not going anywhere else. You're still here. It's yeah. just a different yeah. layer. Yeah. And that makes sense. And that's very like, um, the journeying techniques that I learned is, you know, you can, you can move around in, in this reality mm -hmm. you know physical reality you can do out of body work and move around but you can also go into the underworld and when you do that in the lower world you you are basically underneath where you are mm -hmm. now you can travel through that and go to other places but it starts with underneath and then the upper world is up above this world yeah uh, so yeah, it's it's like stacked papers. I don't know, see-through paper, tissue paper, yeah, so you can see all the layers. Um, something to that effect. Yeah, I think you know the, the the short answer to your question is there a safe way? Nah, it's never safe with them. But there are safer ways. And and so, what are other things that you know about? Uh, with dealing with them you know this whenever i get into the microphone my brain goes blank um don't feel bad mine does too let's see don't eat or accept food from them yes now 
there are caveats here. If they are of the English, um, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, British, Manx, any anything from those island areas, yeah, you, you shouldn't eat. Just decline politely, or you know, take the cup and then you know, don't drink mm. it. Um. However, if you are offered mead and bread or mead and meat by a Norse alf, you have to take it and eat it because to not do so is to violate the law of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing when they, they give you bread, they are saying, I will not harm you. Yeah. If you refuse that, then that breaks the trust. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. It's not an absolute. You kind of have to know. Also, there's the the spirits that were native to here. Mm-hmm. So there's they might have different rules. In it's fact, nice. I'm sure they have different rules. And that's, I think, one of the other things that I've always been curious about is knowing the difference. Because unless something comes up to me while I'm in the woods and it's like very definable. I'm not really Mm going to know what exactly I'm interacting with unless it tells me. And I have some way of, of verifying that information. That's the one, you know, that's the one plus of ceremonial magic because those spirits, you can identify them and they, you can get their name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, are there methods of doing that with the Fae or nature spirits? Mm, you can tell by actions, kind mm. of. Um, never ask a, a fairy their name either. That's a bad, very bad, very bad. Okay. Especially if you're a human. If they give you your name, give you their name, that's cool. Don't ever ask for it. Again, when I said that Faye cannot be compelled mm-hmm. by human magic, um, they are real antsy about people trying. So if you ask for their name, that's that's not going to go yeah. over well. They're going to assume that you're trying to take power over them. That's, that's also why you call them the good folk or mm-hmm. the good neighbors and all of that so that they understand that you're not trying to say you have power over them. Yeah, I understand that. They're They're very very keen on humans not doing that. But yeah, the I don't know what the native tribes around Maryland were. Um I know more about, you know, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania and then northward. I don't know. And I was only in Maryland for like 2 years, so I didn't learn all of the native stuff from there. Uh but that would be something to look up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, I know of several encounters with what the Cherokee call the Nunahi and several with the Yunwetsundi, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm probably massacring it. It's a, it's a very difficult language. But the Nunahi are the ones who were about human size and very beautiful with long flowing hair. And then the uh, the other ones are the little ones, 
that are like two and a half, three feet tall at the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And they get mad if the little ones can get very, very angry if you disturb their homes, but they also like children and will help children if they're lost. They're not going to be grabbing them and, you know, Mm -hmm. running off. And the Nunahi are fairly well disposed towards humans. Um, so yeah, you know, but they have this whole, like the, the Cherokee have a whole system with those beings. That's, there is another expensive book. I will have to put a link in the show notes to it. It's the elves of North America, something like that, or the elves of the new world. I cannot think of the name of it. Um, it's a million dollars. Not not really, but mm-hmm. it might as well be for normal people. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like something like seven, eight hundred dollars. Uh, but it is amazing because it has the names and what stories this man could gather of all of the spirits of all of the tribes, and it's kind of overwhelming. Like it's huge. Okay. The amount of stuff that's in there. And of course, you know, all of the languages are different, but he he got the information and compiled it. So it does exist. You can get it in research libraries. They might let you, let you photocopy it in the library. I don't know if you could even take it out. It's probably in the reference section. So, yeah, I'll look into it. Yeah, it's a really good one. And I'll get the actual title to you. And that helps because, you know, America is a melting pot. American elves? Something, yeah, American elves. Encyclopedia of Little People from the Lore of 380 Ethnic Groups of Western Hemisphere? Okay. That one one indeed. Perfect. I'll see if it's on Amazon. Yeah. Okay, have fun with that. You're more likely to find it on Book Finder. Yeah. You know about Book yeah, Finder, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. Everybody should know about that. Yeah. So, okay, so how do you protect yourself from from the Fae? Uh, sharp iron. Okay. Cold iron, yeah. yeah. Man-made iron, you know, man it, right. iron. Yeah, steel works works in a pinch. I actually have a uh, knife made out of uh, iron railroad spike. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That was made specifically for me for that purpose. And then if I am working with the Fae, instead of carrying that thing around, I have a knife that's made of obsidian. Okay. The, yeah. the blades obsidian with a deer antler um, handle and that way you're not gonna you know put anybody on notice or freak them out you know right yeah <laughs> um salt mm-hmm. salt works is wearing um, your clothes inside out yep okay. yeah. works I I have personal stories from Morgan Daimler from my daughter Morgana, 
um, from my friend Dan. <laughs> I've done it myself. Um, a couple of other friends. So, yeah, it, it does work. Why does it work? I don't know. It's I just, really no, don't. Okay. It maybe it's 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 the action of reversing something on your person mm-hmm. that perhaps is protective. Um, you know, another thing that that fairies are very into generally is neatness, tidiness, um, everything in its place. Um, they're kind of they're kind of really strong on you know having a, a nice house, very cozy and tidy. That that's when you have your house spirits. That's that's what they like. And, mm-hmm. Um, only goblins live in my house because it's dusty. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, protections. Oh, and if you end up inviting them into your house, which I would never suggest. Yeah, I wouldn't honestly. do that. Um, now, they might just decide that they're going to come in anyway. And if that's the case, you can do what you can to, you know, kind of make some boundaries with them and be like, no, 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 shoo, get out. Is... Um, they really, really, really um, value honesty and integrity and truth-telling, even though they aren't always perfectly truthful. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they're they're the annoying rules lawyers of the world. They're like that D and D guy that okay nobody That's likes to play with. You know, <laughs> nobody likes him. Don't be him. Um, and I would say, I really, really think that the music will help. Yeah, I, that's very easy. I can definitely do that. Yeah, I think that more than anything is going to move you forward. Also, I know that you have doubts, but you know, just message me or something. You don't have to sit there and worry and fuss over, is this a... Is this a sign? Is that a thing? Yeah. Am I am I nutty? Jason I Miller, the one thing I really like about his work is that he does this in a couple of his books where he says, in the moment, just believe it. Just have blind faith that what you're experiencing is something other. And then mm-hmm. when you get home or when you're done, then you can analyze it and have a system of analyzing it. But while it's happening, just let it happen and believe it. Not forever, just while the- it's happening. Yeah. And that's, yes. so that's basically what I've been doing and it, it feels good. And it, 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 I feel like it helps. Um, I told this on where the road go and I think on strange familiars, I'm not sure. Basically, uh, one night my co-host Ian and I, I took him to where I do my offering. So I have two separate places when I mm-hmm. do my offerings for Hakate separate woods completely separate mm-hmm. from what I do with everything else. Those are in a different one. Mm-hmm. So I w- took them to where I do my offerings for Hakate and it was, no, it was not the dip knot. It was not the new moon. Uh, I just showed it to him and he decided to do the LBRP. 
and it was just a very standard, op, you know, him doing it. We're walking back to the car. There's not much wind, really not at all. This is probably in September. All of a sudden, these very, very tall trees start going nuts, just rocking back and forth, almost like they're going to fall on us. Oh, wow. And then one singular, then it starts doing it with one single tree. And he's getting real worried. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because as soon as we move past it, it stops moving. And one ahead of us starts. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. I can't explain that. I cannot explain that whatsoever. Yeah. And even he That's... was like re- weirded out. And I'm like, well, you did the LBRP. And he's like, yeah, but it's not supposed to happen that way. That That's not what the LBRP is for. You might want to say what, what that is. So the less vanishing ritual pentagram is an old, Thank you. old and done uh, ritual. And I actually don't know what its purpose is. I mean, I'm assuming it's just a very basic grounding ritual and it's a banishing ritual. You can you can use it to say goodbye to the elements if you call quarters, call directions, call elements. So you can use it to open a circle okay. after it's been cast, after the ritual is done. And and you can use it to banish other things. But if you don't use it towards a purpose, it just kind of goes out. It's like the bat signal, you mm. know, <laughs> if you don't have a purpose i think what he did was he just lit a flare and went hey we're over here it worked though it did it did and that's you yeah. know if there was if there was anything negative in those woods it may have gotten rid of it and then the trees were happy about it mm-hmm. well he, I don't know. see we we took that as uh something was not happy that we were there Mm-mm. it was leading you okay it knew you were going home anyway. It was ahead of you yeah, the whole time. That's actually a good point. If it was not happy with you, it would be behind you, messing with you, and overtaking you, and it would have been much scarier. That is a good point. We didn't think of that. Thank you. That's a very good perspective. You're welcome. You're welcome. It, it just very clearly came to me that that's what it was. And, yeah, when trees start moving on their own, that is that is a thing to pay attention to always. And so, Any owls hooting? Oh, yeah. Not that night, but when, I mean, that's a pretty standard thing when I go out anyway. Okay. So they talk to you, too. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, maybe you should write all this stuff down. Yeah. While you're still, like, not thinking logically about it. Like, try to extend that not thinking logically about it a little bit extra. Mm. You know, just, just try and get it all out on paper, and then you can look at it later. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, and and this, I'm, I'm gonna repeat what Tim says all the time. That that wanting that, that built up energy, that desire, sometimes can blind you. And what you end up looking for is this big gigantic thing. Yeah. To happen, like like you know, I don't know, a a show of lightning or something. You know, you you want something. And you'll miss the little things. I've, I've tempered it down. Quite are coming. Bit. I've tempered it down quite a bit to the point where I can start to pick up things. So, for example, the last two, well, not the last two, but uh, recently, I had two invocation, you know, offering rituals that I did for Hakate, and dogs in the neighborhood barked 
twice. Like, See? Both times. Yeah. Um, and that happens with me, too. So right, the, you're right on it. It's not all the time. No, was, not every time. time. But still, it happens. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else has gone on recently. That's been the most recent thing. Um, but, you know, it's weird how my mind works because when Ian and I were in the woods in November at Kazoo's and we were in the cemetery and we had things, I mean, very clearly walking around us in the perimeter. Couldn't go in this. They wouldn't go in the cemetery, but they would go around the, the edge of it. My mind had no problem saying, oh, okay, Bigfoot, spectral Bigfoot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But mm-hmm. in other times, it w- I would have just kind of brushed it off as a natural, like as something else. Yeah. You know, but I think because Bigfoot is so familiar to me and I've experienced so many signs that are attributed to that specific entity, then it's easier for me mm-hmm. to, to, to connect it. Right. But I mean, you know, who are we to say that Bigfoot's not oh, a I troll? Know. Yeah, I know. I mean, really? Yeah. He's a shaggy guy. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he lives out in the woods. He sometimes lives in a cave or under rocks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, think I mean, the thing is that because I didn't have, you know, I wasn't into this as a child and I'm doing it now. And because of the internet, I, I constantly see these people talking like, oh, yeah, this talked to me. This said that. This said this. And it's like, now either they're, all dirty liars or I'm just really bad at this or there's something, okay. you know, again, what you're reading is unverified personal notes. I know. I know. And that comes to people in different ways. And I'd say probably 98% of the time people who are talking about that on the internet, aren't lying. I mean, I think they actually believe what they are saying and they did experience something. I am never, ever going to tell somebody they did not experience something because Mm -hmm. I am not going to invalidate somebody. Oh yeah, of course. No, but there are times when you'll get that feeling, but don't compare your path to other people's. Yours is different. Yours is different from mine. Mine is different from Tim's and Tim's is different from Chad's. And everybody is, everybody has a different way of interacting. And you, I think you're well on your way to interacting with something, Mm -hmm. certainly some nature spirit activity, possibly face spirit activity, but you have to let go. I know. I know. You got you got to stop being uptight. You got to yeah. You got to let go. I had then this is because You got to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I do really I do enjoy myself when I'm doing it. I think because of my secular mm-hmm. ju- you know, Jutheist. I I know what yeah. you mean. My husband was raised the same yeah, way. The concept so. I think the concept of faith is very difficult for me. It's very hard for me because I, yeah. I associate it with monotheism and like a very mm-hmm. dogmatic. Dogmatic, generally Protestant. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I I know, I, and I and I agree. Yeah, Zach's a lot the same way. Um, and uh, you know, there's not great history between Jewish folk and some overly zealot Christian people, so that's kind of hard for for you know people who are raised that way like, it's very difficult and it's almost like you're allergic to that yeah, you know? yeah. it's like, i can't even <laughs> but it's weird because like when it comes to to magic i can absolutely not pretend but like put myself in that very christian system of ceremonial magic because i know what the mm-hmm. outcome is i know what the result mm-hmm. should be and that makes everything yeah. okay yeah. Well, also some of that is based on yeah, Kabbalah, right. so it, it actually came from, yeah, it, it, it came from your there. Yeah, it came from your peeps first. It be, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. As Lewis Black would say, that's that's your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, not not their stuff. They get it and mess it up. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I don't know. You know. The the Fae really like to party. They really like they really like things like music and drinking and dancing and having fun. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can loosen up and just make a practice of going out and playing music and you know, I don't know, take a flask with you. Yeah. You know, make sure you can get home. Yeah, I mean, course. if you have to drive home, don't be don't be ridiculous. But you know, just just ease up and have a good time mm-hmm. and and you know loosen loosen those those you're kind of bound up in there the the energy I'm getting here is is you're just kind of yeah, yeah, I think it's because yeah. reading all these grimoires, it's very serious, it's very you know, oh my god and yes and i it is isn't it, and I've somewhat how like i guess I've internalized that a little bit when it comes to magic. And so now whenever I yeah. go out, I feel the need, because in my mind, I'm taking that as respect. That if I'm mm-hmm. goofy and fun, it's going to come off as disrespectful. It, it depends on who you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. You know, and, and, and where you are and, you know, how you're, I mean, yeah, if you're going to call up an angel, you bloody well can't be right. like. Yeah, exactly. Boogieing down, my God, that's just terrible, you know. And and the goetic spirits, they also are very proud and and must respect us. Right. There's a lot of pop and serve, you know, pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. with both of those mm-hmm. spirits. Not so much the Fae. I mean, they want to be respected, but they're not so much the pomp and circumstance mm. sorts. Yeah, that's kind of what I've you know figuring they, out. They they and they love play. They it's like funny to, because if you play. if anyone's read Robert Artisan. He has a very like, not dark, but a very you know, serious tone in his book. He you know is, what I mean? Like, very serious. Yeah, and it's very yeah. existential. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, very interesting. I think that's maybe why I like his writing so much is the way. Yeah, he- you're you're kind of going from you know one kind mm-hmm. of. So you need to hang out with the hedge witches a little yeah, bit, yeah, probably, and you know just just. <laughs> Chill out and and have fun. Yeah, I would like Seriously. to. Yeah. 
seriously. If you and if you go to pagan events and stuff, and you, that helps. Mm. That helps a lot because a lot of it is celebratory, and you can just sit and exist around with people who are doing all the same things. You know, drumming, dancing, singing, playing music, all of that stuff. It it really, you know, it's been I don't know probably almost 20 years since I've been to a pagan festival, but I do remember them quite well. And it really helps. Yeah. It helps loosen you up in so many ways. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to go and I, and I've been wanting to get into that community for a long time. Being a part of the community yeah. and having more people to talk to about it is something that I have been very much craving. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, you're, like every other community, there are those people, and you'll meet them. And just just let it roll off your back. Just 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 keep walking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you'll also meet some really amazing people. Yeah. And yeah, some of them are going to be super super serious, but even the super serious ones do loosen up generally. Are you familiar with Irene I mean, Glass? With who? Irene. Glass. She's an author and in Maryland, and she lives in Maryland. She's part of the. That is a familiar name. Irene Glass. Where have I heard her name? She just put out. I, I think she just put out a book. Maybe a little bit older than I'm thinking, but she's in Maryland. She's in. Uh, I can't remember where exactly. But I contacted her because she goes to a lot of the the Frederick events, which is where most right. of the pagan stuff is held. Um, and I'm, my idea was like, all right, well, I'll connect with her, and then she connect me. She can kind of act as an intermediary and connect me with other people around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there used to be a uh, pagan shop in Laurel. Oh, there still is the Crystal Fox. Oh, they're still oh, there. Oh yeah, I'm there all the time. Cool. Yeah, they have they. That's, they, that's a. That's that's where we always went. Yeah, they're a great place. They put they have uh, Strange Dominions business cards on their front desk. Excellent. Yeah, she wrote Black Feather Mystery School, the Magpie Training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I. You know, it is possible that I knew her from the pagan scene back in the early two thousands. Cause that's when we were in Maryland. Yeah. So, yeah, we were there from like 1999 to 2002. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear that the crystal Fox is still around. Oh, they're, yeah. they're really a nice and nice community group. And, and, yeah. Yeah, they really are. Valuable yeah. resource good, for good friends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have any other questions? I mean, we're here. <laughs> I guess what is your take on the relationship or the ident the the yeah, I guess we'll just say the relationship between the Fae and the dead and the idea that they are one and the same. I don't, well, see, I have been 
even before I encountered um, Josh Cutchin's Ecology of Souls, I had had the idea that the otherworldly creatures and beings that we met and, you know, were involved with might be some sort of version of humanity that just was disembodied and that some of them were not just one human's worth of uh, gnosis, I guess, or, or essence or soul, but were conglomerations of many souls and that you got, you know, that's how you got your demigods or your fae or your angels or whatever. Mm. And it was different combinations. I don't think that's a bad idea. I do think, though, that there... I can see it both ways. And that's, that's, that's a very difficult position to be in to see both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I think and be like, on the one side, you know, on the one side... Fairies are different from nature spirits, are different from angels, are different from demons, are different from dead people. End of story. Boom. There we go. <laughs> but I don't think it's that simple. I, I, think, I think that when you have fairies living in burial mounds and people seeing, you know, along with the fairies dancing past on, you know, Beltane night their recent dead, well, how do you know? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you know? Maybe that's one of the places dead people can go, though. Yeah. Not everybody goes to the fairies, but, you know. I feel like... Some of them choose to go the middle way rather than up or down. Mm -hmm. That'd probably be my path. Um, but I feel like just saying the fae are the dead, it's too simple and it's almost inaccurate in the sense that I feel like mm -hmm. if the Fae are the dead, then when you die, you transmutate into this entirely new being. Mm -hmm. And there's no real trace. Which you might. Right. I mean, yeah. but once that happens, yeah, we don't there's know. no trace. There's no connection. You're a human you're a dead human and then you're a Fae. Mm -hmm. And so because I think when people say, oh, they're the same thing. Just because we're the origin of the, like, if that's the true hypothesis, right? If we're the as, as the origin of the, the origin, then something else completely different comes out of it. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm making sense. I I think that's a I think it's an anthropo anthropocentric viewpoint mm -hmm. that the Fey are human dead. Yes, I agree. It puts us in the center, and I don't think we're the center. No. I think that we are, I mean, I'm, I'm an animist. Same, yeah. Everything has spirits. Even, you know, some technological stuff has spirits because I talk to it all the time. Mm -hmm. Begging it, please do not screw up because I tend to screw it up. Um, if you can use the heads right know, to fix your car, which apparently people have done, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things we don't think of spirit that does. 
Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the name of my stove is Calcifer. Oh nice. And you know, if he gets if he gets if he gets cranky, I have to talk with mm. him and come on. Um uh, so yeah, I I think it's too anthropocentric to say the dead are fairies and fairies are the dead and that's boom 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 because I there's so many different spirits and to put ourselves in the center of that just see that might be why fairies don't always like us you know because we say dumb things like that mm. <laughs> if it yeah. sound like us putting ourselves in their place and oh you know they wouldn't like it yeah i agree i wouldn't like it if i were them either I mean, you know, I don't like us putting our, our us in everything. Well, I know, right? I mean, we're screwing up everybody's mm-hmm. ecosystem right now. Might as well screw up this the spiritual ecosystem too. You know, yeah. Great, great humans going and conquering everything. That's wonderful. Um, that's sarcasm, y'all. If you can't hear it mm-hmm. in my voice, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I'm not, the fairies are the dead, are the, yeah, no. No, it's all too complicated to ever, ever answer. Yeah, it really is. Correctly. But I do think that fairies are a distinct group. And, you know, the the spirits in the the Americas are going to be similar but different but i also wonder if when you know the the germans and the uh swedes and the irish and the english came across and brought their spirits with them if there wasn't some like blending because it happened with the people yeah and i think that was absolutely the case especially here on the east coast with the 13 colonies i absolutely think that there is a blending of Mm -hmm. incorporealness yeah, I I can't help but think that that the uh I I've always thought that the fact that America is a melting pot if you look at at the genetic components of lots of us in America, we're just all kinds of mixed up mm-hmm. genetically speaking. And I I think that's a great strength. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it should make us it should make us like more tolerant and less apt to hate people because mm-hmm. we are the illustration perfectly of we are everybody else and everybody else is us and we are all connected. Yeah. You would think, but you know, I don't run the world, so it doesn't work that way. Um, yeah, I would, I would like to think that the, the spirits, you know, did, did they like, carve out their own little colonial areas or did they trade amongst the spirit people did they what happened you know i don't know and it makes me wonder about like the plants that weren't native here that were brought here Mm -hmm. and the spirits of those plants yeah you know yeah oh yeah um dandelion Mm -hmm. you know I've con I've I see Yarrow. I've contemplated going the I cannot remember her name, but there was a couple 
which trials in Maryland, but there was like one very notable one. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what her name was or where she was. Um, but I've contemplated going either to where like there's a rock that's associated with her that's now a monument or her grave, if it is one, and just sitting there and seeing like what I can gain from that. If in fact she was a witch and was just not a poor woman with that thrusted on her. Yeah, it's probably what she was. Yeah. Was, uh, some or a midwife or mm-hmm. you know. Or the local herbalist or whatever. Puritans. Yeah. Actually it wasn't Puritans if it was if it was Maryland. That was more of a northern thing. Yeah, we had a actually a very thick Catholic carved out. Yeah. 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 Maryland is one of the more Catholic mm-hmm. centered places. And then there's Rhode Island, which was started by the free thinker. Yeah. <laughs> the free love guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hippie. The hippie who came across one guy. Yeah, and then, started it all. Then you have uh, Kelpius in uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. Kelpius yeah. Cave. It's a yep. cool place. It's a, it's a, if you think about the, the whole immigration of humans along with immigrations of spirits, mm-hmm. that just opens up a whole mess of questions plus and thoughts. And it's known, you know, it's known that a manuscript of the lesser key was on either the Mayflower or one of those. Yeah. So you have to wonder, Oh yeah, you know, who was doing what with what, where, yeah, how? and what wasn't banished properly. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, truly, you know, and of course I, I am of the, the opinion that our non deist, uh, but Freemason related founding fathers were doing all kinds of oh yeah ritualist yeah. ritualist stuff when they built the whole idea of our country. Mm-hmm. So I I really think there's there's just so much buried in it, you know, yeah. that um, yes, that could be much. looked at and and dealt with an interesting thing to to write about Mm -hmm. oh yeah that would be a very good book yeah well is there anything else you have no i think that was it thank you so much i think it was a good conversation you are very welcome and like i said you you know how to get in touch with me like you know if you ever like have your logical mind being like all evil and obnoxious Mm -hmm. you you can contact me and i'll yes I'll talk to you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I definitely need it from time to time. That's a, I understand. I'm actually a very logical person who, you know, when I'm in the middle of having something weird happen, my brain is ticking away going, well, is that a plane? Mm -hmm. No, planes don't go diagonally (laughs) sideways. You know? (laughs) Oh, and they don't come down to treetop level either. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, even even to this day, I still sit there and go through every logical thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. I'm still not great at just experiencing it. Half of my brain is, you know, Spock in the background is doing an analysis. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah right running there. all the data from every yeah. way to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a paradigm that so, I don't even agree with. 
I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for asking thank questions. You for it's a me. very it's a very important question. So thanks a lot. My pleasure. And good night. You too. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. 